0: or is it force? Let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Each of you, you're treasured. Uh, You have a purpose. Strive for excellence today. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. And uh, I do love hearing from you. You can email me at kim at kimmunson.com. And would love to hear from you. I almost got caught up in all, in all of my emails last night. So uh, I hope to get that finished up today. Uh, but I do love hearing from you. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll get first look at all of our upcoming guests, as well as the most recent op-eds, the most recent podcasts. And then those move over to the website. You can find them there. Uh, Today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day and uh, uh, always I think about it I have the same dream that he has that uh, someday we will judge each other on the content of our character not the color of our skin or any of the other descriptors that um, the radical activist progressives have worked to divide us. Uh, So let's uh, once again let's Let's work to judge each other on the content of our character, and let's strive for high uh, character as well. Thrilled to have in studio with me my friend Marshall Dawson. He is the president of Liberty Toastmasters North. Marshall, it's great to have you here.
2: Yeah, good morning, Kim. By the way, you're gonna have to tell me how it is you can catch up on email. I didn't know that was possible. (laughs)
1: uh, Actually, not totally possible, just the most recent ones. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, um, no, I haven't done that. Um, Isn't it kind of amazing about how many emails you can get just... I don't know how people get your email address and so I've moved off of one and tried to focus on the other because the other one has all kinds of junk in it but I do miss some things over there so no I haven't really caught up on email I guess I need to come clean
2: okay yeah I I tend to use the the tools that uh, the various uh, services have built into them so that's that's my trick
1: okay well I need to do that I think I think I've got a millennial that's going to help me with that but it's so good to have you here uh communication battle of ideas and we certainly are in a big battle of ideas in our country right now that is why getting your brain around these issues which is what we work to do to help you the listener get your brain around these issues so you can engage in thoughtful reasonable informed conversations liberty toastmasters has helped me and so many different people become better communicators i Want to become an excellent communicator? That will always be something that I'll aspire to, uh, but it has certainly helped me from where I was to where I'm at, and it will help me in the future. We would we'd love to have people join us.
2: That's right. Uh, you know, I snuck down to Denver. I made the, the pilgrimage this weekend to the the Liberty Toastmasters Club down there, and. I forget who it was, but somebody said, you know, we need to get some progressives in here to, to talk about this and challenge some of the things that they think about as well. But I agree with you. It's it's a great exercise for learning to communicate well. And I don't subscribe to this idea that, you know, there's my truth and your truth. There's one truth, and I, I'm always searching for that truth. And I, I really like when people can challenge what it is that I'm thinking, what it is that I'm saying, because I, I like to try to arrive at that final, at that truth that we all
1: Well, and I I think it was C.S. Lewis who basically said, if you cannot defend your idea, your premise, two or three questions in, then you should probably go back and check your own ideas. And what has happened is that instead of that, instead of getting two or three questions in, people say, oh, well, we'll just agree to disagree. Wait a minute. As you say, we need to be searching for truth. That is something that should be able to unify us.
2: It should. Yeah. And uh, C.S. Lewis is kind of a smart guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I think someone else smart also said something like, check your premises. Mm-hmm. And that's another good exercise of, of trying to find that truth. It, are, are some of the ideas that I'm coming into this conversation with, are those valid? Are my premises Correct.
1: And if they're not, you certainly you want to check your, your premises on that. Uh, so we're going to talk about unity in the third and fourth segment. We have some of our colleagues that we'll be calling in. And you never I never know what we're going to get with that, Marshall, but it's always interesting.
2: Wow, Kim, you picked a really tough one. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what they have to say because I find areas where we are not unified more so than where we are.
1: And a house divided against itself cannot stand. Lincoln said that. Christ said that. And uh, I always like to say thank you to this great team that I get to work with. I'm looking through the glass, and I see that Producer Steve has his ears on. I am so grateful to get to work with you, Producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charling, the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. I know it's a Monday morning. How are you doing, Steve? Well, you know what? Um, I I'm think it-
3: wanting somebody to come out and outlaw Mondays. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, um, it's always good I when we do our pre-call as I'm uh, driving in. Um, I know that you're here and we're on the air and I greatly appreciate what you do, Steve.
3: I said to Marshall as we were coming up the elevator, there was a period, I guess since I started doing radio, that Mondays were no big deal. You know, so Monday, so what? But something's happened in the last six months or so that makes it, and I think you've already touched on what it is.
1: Yeah, we have, uh, we have a lot going on in our con- in our, our country right now. Uh, one of the, I think a really cool spot is our America's Veterans Stories that I brought over to KLZ at the beginning of the year. And uh, let's see, I think it's tomorrow. No, it's today. We will be recording something with another one of our uh, Marine Iwo Jima veterans from uh, World War Two. So that's going to be exciting. And and Steve, don't you really kind of appreciate when we, we're, you and I were looking at these issues and Patty uh, all the time uh, that are facing us right now, but to hear the stories of these World War II veterans and other veterans, it, it causes me to pause and just really reflect on what a great thing that we have here in America and that it's worth engaging in this battle of ideas, Steve.
3: I went in the military at age 19 and even then I was still...
1: Was that the Civil War?
3: Oh, okay. Okay, if your mic dies later in the show, you'll, you'll know why. Uh, but at that point, I was already aware of my standing versus uh, all the 19-year-olds and less, you know, 16, 17-year-olds that we, we know of who signed up and went to war World War II or Korea. And uh, it's like, I can't, I can't be held in the same light as those guys and now i'm on you know obviously much more further down the road um i i look at the 19 year olds of today yes there are some good ones but there's some that i think i can't even comprehend them standing in a uh what was the name of uh, a wiggins boat higgins higgins not wiggins higgins boat i can't imagine you know that the when that the front of that boat went down the ramp went down and they would even move
1: (laughs) yeah and yeah, that was the Higgins boat landing craft. Yesterday, our uh, and this is on Sunday afternoons from three to four p.m. was an interview that I did with uh, Major General John Ron, and he was uh, at, at Omaha Beach on D-Day with the Fifth Ranger Battalion. It was a great interview, Steve. And uh, he sounds like he's ninety-eight years old. He sounds like he's sixty. It's a great interview.
3: His presence of mind and his ability to express himself just just blew me away. Like you said, you thought you were. You know, interviewing someone who was only sixty years old.
1: I know it. So be sure and check that out. That's uh, Sunday afternoons, three to four p.m. I want to jump over here, as you as you know, we look at these issues as freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Marshall, if something is a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to to do it. It should be able to stand on the merit of of the uh, the argument on the on the premises. And uh, socialism ultimately comes down to force, Marshall.
2: It does. I I, I wish I, that I could have said that. Uh, a, a friend of mine was wearing a t-shirt just the other day that said, good ideas don't require force. Like and that. that's absolutely true. That's
1: absolutely true. That We should all be wearing one of those t-shirts, I think. So uh, let's get over to our inspiration wisdom. Tommy Lasorda uh, just uh, died earlier this month. And uh, you know him. He was born 1927. And he was an American professional baseball pitcher and manager. He managed the Los Angeles Dodgers of the Major League Baseball from 1976 through 1996. And he was inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame as a manager in 1997. And he said this, he said, The difference between the impossible and the possible is, lies in a man's determination. Love that. And that I think that's so important right now, Marshall, with what's happening. We need to stay determined to protect this American idea, this American constitutional republic.
2: Yeah, you're so right. And if we look at what the other side is doing, I think that they're reveling with glee at at some of of the way that we are splintering apart, the way that we don't have determination. So you know this is one of the things that I've been thinking about when it comes to unity. And by the way, I have to say, I was a Cincinnati Reds fan when I was growing up, so I wasn't a big fan of Tommy (laughs) Lasorda.
1: (laughs) But you had to respect him.
2: I did, especially later in life when I learned more about him.
1: Yes, most definitely. Okay, I also wanted to share something with both of you and and the listeners. A friend of mine, and he's since passed on, he he taught a Bible study that really affected my life. And he actually, um, he was a college professor. He went to Stanford and uh, became a Christian uh, when he was at Stanford. And then he really recommended daily Bible reading. And I'd been in that that discipline, and I have gotten out of that discipline. And uh, I, I would recommend to each and every one of you, dust off your Bibles, know where they are, and do some daily Bible reading. And this one this morning, as I mentioned, am I I talked to a friend of mine yesterday. I said, my heart hurts. I've got a knot in my stomach. I'm just so concerned about our country. And um, and she said, well, be sure and go to church, which I did. And then I read this this morning, Marshall and Steve, and, and this, this really kind of gave me some peace this morning. It's Luke 8.22. And it says, one day he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out, and as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came da- down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him up, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was calm. And he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even winds and water? And they obey him. And I think I felt that uh, that we're in raging waves right now in this battle of ideas, and that the wind is really blowing. And uh, that just spoke to me. I wanted to share that with all of you. Uh, Marshall, do you have any comments on that?
2: Well, I have nothing to add to that. That's As you were reading that, I was just thinking about how how calming that is and how calming it can be thinking about Christ's love that we have.
1: And that ultimately he is sovereign over all of this. Uh, But that doesn't mean that we don't engage in this battle of ideas. And I say we stand on the shoulders of giants uh, as we look at the American idea that all men are created equal with these rights of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. That is something that I think should unify all of us. We're going to go to break. When we come back, Marshall, we'll go through some headlines in the second segment. And then our fellow Liberty Toastmasters will be letting us know what they think about unity in segments three and four. Before we do that, though, my friends, we need to uh, really support our small businesses. And Hooters Restaurants, is uh, they have uh, five locations here in the Colorado front range and that is westminster aurora loveland colorado springs and lone tree and they have all kinds of specials wednesdays are wings day and with that you can let's see you can buy 20 wings and you get 10 free and they have lunch specials kids eat free uh, happy hour all kinds of great specials so check out hooterscolorado.com for more information that's hooterscolorado.com we're going to go to break we'll continue on with uh, marshall dawson
0: Recently, rates in the mortgage market have hit near record lows. Lorne Levy with Polygon Financial notes that the COVID-19 Wuhan virus disruption has created potential opportunities to refinance your mortgage that could save you thousands of dollars. And for those senior listeners who may be looking for another source of income, exploring a reverse mortgage with Lorne Levy may be a solution. With over 17 years in the mortgage industry, Lorne Levy has the experience to answer your questions. Call Lorne Levy at 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881 for a mortgage checkup today. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of The Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's KimMunson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com.
1: Welcome back to The Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is KimMunson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. You can get first look at all of our upcoming guests, our most recent podcasts. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thrilled to have in studio with me Marshall Dawson. He is the president of Liberty Toastmasters North. And we'll be talking with some of our colleagues in segments three and four about unity. Uh, Steve, we had Katie on last Friday morning, and she had been at the Capitol She'd she gone to the rally January 6th, uh, the Trump rally, and then she actually went over to the Capitol, and she was one of the first ones over there. And what she gave to us as her eyewitness account was quite different from what people are getting from the mainstream media. And I was talking with a friend of mine this weekend who's pretty apolitical, and he said, what happened at the Capitol on January 6th is an embarrassment to the United States, and, and it kind of implied to me... That it was this narrative that it was Trump's fault, but when we see from an eyewitness account that it is totally different from what the mainstream media is reporting, I I'm just turning off the mainstream media. I'm not. I, I mean, and you can't really do that. I need to know what they have to say. And Patty, of course, she you know she does all this research for us, but I don't trust them. Let me just put it that way. I don't trust them, Steve.
3: Well, vividly watching it unfold or in such a vivid way let's say it was scripted the more i find out about it the more i can see that there was a grand script in place and i wonder if you could have been monitoring uh, radio traffic that day and happened to get on the right frequency you would have heard the choreographer calling out the signals to the different you know players mm-hmm. and i say that based on what was visual evidence that was seen you know caught on camera but also uh, uh, on social media, it lit up immediately blaming Trump. Mm-hmm. And, so it was and coordinated.
1: The, It looked like it was coordinated. Yeah,
3: and, and it was one, another one of those things where everyone had the exact same narrative, was using the exact same words. And you know, you'd be crazy not to be suspicious.
1: Most definitely. And the Federalist reported that the far-left agitator, John Sullivan, posed as a cameraman at the Capitol riot to stir up violence. Let's burn this... Um, S-H, I don't know what I can, that word, down. Yeah, uh, l- let it go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> want to make sure we stay on the air. Uh, interesting, he was, uh, he was um, arrested, and then I saw that he was released and did not have to post any cash bail either. And so here we have everyone up in arms about what happened at the Capitol. As we're seeing, it very possibly was scripted. Katie said that there were people there at the Capitol that clearly did not look like Trump supporters, because most Trump supporters don't go to a rally with milk to mitigate tear gas, uh, gas masks, that's chi- just typically not your Trump supporter, Marshall Dawson.
2: That's right. I, I think that the mainstream media has burned all credibility that they ever had. I mean, I, I don't pay attention to them anymore. You, you can't. And, you know, look at some of the other videos that, that came out that day. You know, people dressed in all black and black helmets, and they were the ones that you know, with the baton's trying to break mm-hmm. the windows in the Capitol. I've
3: never seen any Trump supporter that dresses like that. Have you?
1: Never. Never. Right. And never no. show up with and a And that key. was
3: uh, the indicator to me. When I when the uh, video from the east side of the Capitol first started, uh, was viewable, the very first thing in my mind is there's too many people dressed in all black there. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've seen some great uh, things, comparative photos be, being taken uh Obviously, there at the Capitol, but you know, an hour or two earlier, down on the Mall, but between the Washington Memorial and the White House, the colors—red,
1: white, and, and blue—a blue, mm-hmm.
3: sea of people. You know, nobody was trying to match. It was just a sea of red, white, and blue, and you know, different colors. And again, very solid evidence that there seemed to be two distinctly, you know, different groups of people.
1: And it's also a very, it seems very curious, well-scripted, that this attack on the Capitol occurred just as the votes were being challenged, the electoral votes were being challenged uh, for Ari- the Arizona votes. And it all happened at the same time. It's, it's so curious, which is going to bring us <clears throat> to the question unity, Marshall. I was thinking a lot about this. Um and election integrity has to be the place where we have to at least one of the places where we start to come together. If I were Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, I would want to make sure that the American people could be could be assured that this was a— um, fair election, it was a free election, and that there was no coercion, that there was no cheating. But that doesn't seem to be the point. And I could feel myself getting a little angry yesterday with, again, the mainstream media and, um, um, I would say, uh, progressives that I know in my life that are like, it's almost like pat, patting me on the head and saying, move along. There's nothing to see yeah, here.
2: Aren't you cute? <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, it seems to me that that would have to be a first place that we could come together to agree that we want to make sure that we have an election integrity. And I am, I'm not assured. I don't, I don't feel confident that, uh, that that happened because I think more people <clears throat> voted for Donald Trump than the far left anticipated. And that's why that was, there was that big vote dump in the middle of the night on November uh, 3rd. Was it November 3rd or 6th? I can't remember. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, whatever, election day.
2: But yeah, and and thinking about unity and and election integrity, I agree with you because actions speak louder than words. I I think we're gonna hear some glowing speech on, on the 20th about unity, but there are tens of millions of people who believe that there were serious, serious problems with this election you know voter fraud election fraud whatever whatever you want to call it you would think you would think that the other side would be saying we see that you're hurting we think that it was honest and here's here's why you know let's let's look at this let's open up the books let's let's audit the machines so that we can all feel good about the results and yet that's not happening we're being told to shut up and by the way i might add that that that, that message is is coming from both sides not just the democrats but there are certain republicans that are doing that as well
1: I was actually, I don't do much on Facebook, <clears throat> but I uh, was on Facebook and uh, there was a group that i have been involved in that I didn't realize that, because they talk about deregulation, they talk about individual rights, they talk about property rights, which as I look at Donald Trump's policies, that's what he was all about. So it seems like it's like a no-brainer that we could all unify around that. But this person uh, posted something that was almost like gleeful that Trump had lost. And, in fact, it was something about General Mattis Then General Mattis was going after him. And I I said, General Mattis is part of the military-industrial complex Mm -hmm. that has, uh, you know, wanted endless wars and put our our young soldiers at risk. And... uh, and, uh, you know, I just felt he was part of that military-industrial complex that Donald Trump actually, was actually nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize four times. A lot of people don't know that, but he did that. And to your point, it seems like we could unify around that, but we haven't.
2: It's interesting. When, when I was thinking <clears throat> about this, I, I, I looked on the Internet for some things. And one thing I found was Reagan's speechwriter for his acceptance uh, speech. Uh, Ken Kachigan had some notes in the Wall Street Journal and he said that Reagan specifically said to him we can't take a shot at the outgoing administration and so I'm I'm looking for that number one uh, with what's going to happen on the 20th but number two I went back and I read Donald Trump's inauguration address he didn't take a shot at the Obama administration. How if anything, do that? if anything, he said, there's a small group in Washington who's been profiting and benefiting at, th- at the expense of the American people. And there's people overseas who have been getting, getting rich at the expense of the American people. If anything, if anything, it was a, kind of an open letter is almost like a love letter to the average American. It was. It was not divisive, like what they tried to convince us that it was. So I'm going to be juxtaposing what Biden says on the 20th versus what. Trump's transcript says from four years ago.
1: You know what? I think that that is a good uh, homework uh, assignment for each and every one of us. I was there, Marshall, in Washington four years ago. And I was standing there, uh, just a sea of Americans. And uh, there was a father standing next to me, a farmer from California that had brought his teenage son. And I I was standing there, I'm thinking, is this not, what a country, that here we stand, just this little farm kid from Kansas to to get to see this, it's a it's a stark difference from what is happening in Washington D.C. right now. It it looks totally different. Let's talk to Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management, about that. that Jason McBride, four years ago, there was Americans from all over. The country that were there, as well as I have to tell you, I there were also the protesters were on their way. I mean, they, they started on day one, but it's a stark difference from what is happening in Washington, D.C. right now, Jason McBride, with all the troops and all the barbed wire and nobody can be there. It's such a stark difference, Jason.
4: I think that's all scripted, too, and uh, it's being done for show, just to kind of put the final... Uh, you know, grind your heel into the Trump administration to say, see, Trump supporters are so bad that we have to have a a massive military presence at the inauguration all because of them.
1: Isn't that astonishing? Jason, I last week, or I guess it was the week before, we had Daniel Turner on with Power the Future, and he had some friends that were there at the rally, and he said that there was not one vendor's cart that was turned over. There was not one T-shirt stolen in comparison to all of the riots that happened during the summer that destroyed many of our, our American cities. So your quick comment on that, and then what's the futures doing?
4: Well, again, we're getting quite used to the word double standard when it comes to behavior of liberals versus conservatives, and you're right, Kim, uh, to even mention uh, the National Guard or the military being used to quell the violence that was happening across our cities this summer, I mean, brought screams and howls and caterwauling of absolute outrage from the left and the mainstream media, and, and you almost saw it. The, the national guard was very sparingly used and, and, you know, operated with kid gloves when they were. So, but again, I'm, I'm sad to say it doesn't surprise me one bit.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. What's the futures doing this morning, Jason?
4: Um, pretty boring, Kim. Uh, the Dow futures down about 27. Uh, of course, the way the day starts doesn't mean that's the way it'll end. Uh, Friday we had a, you know, uh, decent down days, not huge. The Dow is down about uh, 100 and some. NASDAQ also down 100 and some. It didn't seem like frenzied selling, though. So we'll see. The market uh, is still trying to make upward progress, but it is running into a little bit of selling here and there.
1: I would suggest, with all that's going on out there in the market at this high, that people sit down with you and do a portfolio assessment Uh, just uh, there's some things that may people may want to do some defensive things when the market's so high so people uh, can reach you how jason mcbride
4: well easy way just give us a call 303-694-1600 that's 303-694-1600 or check us out on the web at presidentialwm.com
1: jason thanks so much we'll talk to you tomorrow
4: Kim have a good one
1: you bet we're gonna go to break when we come back we'll be talking with Rick Rome Uh, he's one of our Liberty Toastmasters uh, and uh, Marshall Dawson is in studio with me so stay tuned we'll be right back Karen Levine has over 30 years in the real estate industry the reaction to the COVID-19 Wuhan virus is presenting unprecedented and unpredictable opportunities and challenges in buying or selling your home That is why you need to work with award-winning realtor Karen Levine. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by Kim Munson. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Karen's expertise will help guide you through this crazy real estate market. Call Karen Levine at 303-877-7516 today.
3: You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com.
1: And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Check out our website. That's KimMunson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. In studio with me, is Marshall Dawson. He is the president of Liberty Toastmasters North. Uh, They meet the second and fourth Saturdays of each month up in Longmont, correct? Do I have all those details?
2: That's right, you have it perfect.
1: Okay, and how can people get more information?
2: I think the easiest way is to go to toastmasters.org and punch in uh, find a a club near you in Longmont and we'll pop right up.
1: Okay, and then the other club, uh, which meets in Denver, it meets the first and third Saturdays, and that's the one that I'm a member of. Uh, Marshall, it's great to have you in studio. Our theme for today is unity, because that is a word. What what I find so interesting about the radical activist progressives is they are good at wordsmithing. They know which words really resonate with people, and this word unity resonates with people. And so you hear Joe Biden. He's, he's bantering this around all the time. But... What they say and what they do are two different things. But I thought it would be interesting to hear what our colleagues have to say about unity.
2: I can't wait. You know, first up, we have Rick Rome. Hey, Rick, it was good to see you on Saturday. I I can't believe that Sunday's already disappeared, and it's Monday morning again.
5: Oh, I agree, Marshall, and it was great to have you at the club. It was a a great rousing meeting. One One of the things about this unity discussion that came to my mind was a story. I remember when I was a young boy and I was walking to school in elementary school, uphill both ways. <laughs> we had the, the neighborhood bully. And he, every day this clown would stand by the, by the corner and he'd wait to take my lunch money. And every day I'd give it to him. And finally there came a point in time where enough was enough. And without hesitation he said, give me your money. I turned around and I gave him a slug right in the solar plexus because he was about two foot taller than me. And he's doubled over trying to catch his breath, and my mother witnessed all this, and while she's reading him the riot act, I'm walking to school just as proud as I could be. But that instance taught me three valuable lessons. First and foremost, don't ever get between a mama and her cub. <laughs> the, the second lesson was that sometimes you have to defend yourself and stand up for your rights and, and do what you have to do. And the third lesson was sometimes the best case for unity is to find a way to live and let live, and that happens in a peace-through-strength format. Now, it's got me thinking about who actually benefits from this division that's taking place in the country because it's obvious that it's there. And it's not my friends and neighbors who are Democrats. Their party's left them just like our party has left us. And they can't come to the Republican side because they've spent 12 years demonizing and vilifying the Republicans in such a way that it's acceptable to torment and call us treasonous and whatever other horrible name that they can come up with. The Republicans can't go to the Democrats because we're not going to stand for it. And of course we have Joe Jorgensen off in the corner standing under the mistletoe saying, I'm
1: pretty, somebody come over here and Associations, We discover
6: that whatever particular benefits we each may gain by the pursuit of our own individually chosen values, whatever joy we might ourselves bring to our lives, it is potentially amplified when shared with others. Further still, when shared with someone of profound value, um, the association becomes that great elixir of joy, actual love. What I have described seems to me to be a part of man's nature, and if I am correct, it's therefore universal. It is the, quote, natural order of things, and will unfold to the extent man's nature is allowed to freely manifest. Now, what do I mean by man's nature freely manifesting? Well, we must remain free to think, speak, and act in pursuit of the values we freely choose. Our only constraint being we must do so while respecting all others' right to do the same, meaning every human being must be acknowledged by all other human beings as having the right to life, liberty, and to pursue the happiness according to the values they freely choose, the very moral political values Jefferson cited in his profound declaration. It, representing the source document,
1: who's in studio with me. Does this show not go fast?
2: It goes very fast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's great to have you here. You are the president of Liberty Toastmasters North, and we are getting some thoughts from our colleagues about unity. So who's our next guest?
2: Kim, on the line we have Greg Morrissey from Longmont. Hey, good morning, Greg. Good morning. How are we doing? Awesome. And what are your thoughts on unity?
0: My thoughts on unity, this being Martin Luther King Day, Martin Luther King is one of my heroes, So what I have here is some quotes by Martin Luther King. Nice. The first one is going to be, the the function of education is to teach one to think intensively and to think critically. Intelligence plus character is the goal of true education. Through that comes truth. The next one, the quality, not the longevity of one's life, is what is important. True peace is not merely the absence of tension. It is the presence of justice non-violence is a powerful and just weapon indeed it is a weapon unique in history which cuts without wounding and enables the man who wields it the last one is darkness cannot drive out darkness only light can do that hate cannot drive out hate only love can do that martin luther king jr now, he was awarded the Nobel peace prize in 1964 and i think um from what the work he did from what the quotes I just quoted, people need to take those to heart and realize where we are as a nation, and we control our future, and we need to take that future back and keep it for the future generations.
1: Well, Greg, I think you really nailed it. I I was just thinking about this, that dark, what was that quote, dark cannot, do you have that?
0: Darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do
1: that. Wow. Uh, Greg, thats I'm, I'm going to be thinking about that all day as well. Thank you so much, Greg Morrissey, for those thoughts on unity, and uh, really appreciate that. Thanks.
2: You're welcome. Thanks, Greg. You know, speaking of MLK, I, I like reading speech transcripts, I, I have to admit. <laughs> And if you read the I Have a Dream speech, it's about 1,667 words, I think, give or take, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I like to do is, is to try to practice giving speeches and, and timing myself uh, and, and trying to make sure that I have the right cadence. So that's, that's one of the ones that I use every so often. And it's, it's such a beautiful speech, and I, I just I butcher it so badly. I, I can't speak as well as Martin Luther King.
1: Well, and black uh, pastors— have there's just a cadence that oh it's just awesome. it, it is awesome it is awesome I don't know that I could ever replicate anything like that but it certainly is something to aspire to so yeah. Marshall Dawson who is our next guest
2: Kim our next guest is Christy Whaley and Christy I, I saw her on Saturday also hey good morning Christy
7: good morning Marshall good morning Kim it was nice sitting next to you yeah. Saturday
2: and what are your thoughts okay. on unity
7: well actually I'm going to segue just a bit to ignorance Kim and I were talking about ignorance the other day, and I was flattered because she quoted me a few times. And I have a quote from Thomas
1: Jefferson. Well, let's give that quote first, Christy, because I've used it a lot lately.
7: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, ignorance is bliss until it isn't. But I have another take on it. Uh, These two quotes by Jefferson. If a nation expects to be ignorant and free, it expects what never was and never will be. And the other one, which is my favorite, is, if ignorance is bliss, why are so many people unhappy? Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> and in the wee hours of this morning, I was thinking about the theme of unity, and I thought, my gosh, it's Martin Luther King's birthday, and I kind of, like, duh, and I thought about unity, and I thought, well, lots of luck with that, because for the past four years we've had relentless outrageous attacks against president trump and it's continued with the outrageous impeachment that's going on right now in the, in the waning days of his presidency and then we have the cancel culture trump supporters that are being who are losing their jobs like john eastman lost his professors, professorship at Chapman university to harvard trying to get to uh revoke the diplomas or the law degrees of Harvard grads. So I don't think when Biden talks about unity, he's not talking about a word that I recognize. He's talking about reversed language, it seems to me, kind of an Orwellian view of unity. Unity in their mind, in the Democrats' mind, the Democrat politicians, is that we will capitulate, we will surrender, we'll say anything in order to get in their good graces, and I'm not about to do that, and I don't think most of my patriotic friends are about to do that. Where unity comes in for me is becoming more united with, with neighbors, with friends. I'm meeting with some friends, or my neighbors. Tonight, we're going to talk about the upcoming debacle of this administration. I met with some friends last week to do some talking and brainstorming. So that's the kind of unity I'm going to be striving for, and I'd like to end with a quote from the man being honored today by Martin Luther King, Jr. So basically, I don't want to be silent, but this is what he said, and I won't be. In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. So I don't want to be silent any longer. We talked about that the other day, too, about the coward culture, so... That's over for me.
1: saying to you this morning, my friends, even if it falls
8: your lot to be a street sweeper, go on out and sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures. Sweep streets like Handel and Beethoven composed music. Sweep streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry. Sweep streets so well that all the host of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job well. If you can't be a pine on the top of a hill, Be a scrub in the valley, but be the best little scrub on the side of the hill. Be a bush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a highway, just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a star. It isn't by size that you win or fail. Be the best of whatever you are. And I know a lot of us think about the I Have a Dream speech, but um, I didn't know about the Street Super speech um, for quite some time, but when I found out about it, I really... I really, that one re- resonated with me, and especially that part of the speech that isn't the whole speech, but we can be, find unity in what we have in in common, rather than looking always at all of our differences, and sometimes I like to think about it from uh, the perspective of, of an individual, like that that is the smallest minority on earth, is the individual, and all of us are different in the sense that we have different passions, and what we might choose as our career might be different, but... The way we go about pursuing it, the kind of passion that we put towards it, that can be similar. We can all work our hardest at the things that we love. And and I would rather that we focus on having unity in that way, rather than trying to unify over things that we honestly can't unify over.
2: I did. I I really enjoyed that. I I was really kind of in a dark place thinking about unity and the lack of it. And, you know, the thoughts of our fellow club members uh, really helps to bring me up.
1: You bet. And so our quote for today is from Tommy Lasorda. He says there are three types of baseball players, but there's really three types of people. Those who make it happen. Those who watch it happen. And those who wonder what happens. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice and the American way. You are not alone. God bless you and God bless America.
8: Fellow! Them-